This is the story of a podcast that takes weird news from across the world. And while many of these stories may seem fake, they're absolutely not because they're real. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Water Cooler Talk, your dog's 16th favorite podcast. That's right, podcasts have become so popular that dogs have started to listen to them, and Water Cooler Talk isn't even in the top 10. That is quite the the sad thing. But if you guys are curious about what your dog has been listening to, this is Water Cooler Talk, the only such podcast on the internet hosted by me, Adam Schultz, and guest hosted by today's guest, Busy Stephenson. What up? Busy, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Did I say your last name right? You did, yeah. Oh, awesome. Surprisingly. That's the last time I'm on the podcast I'm going to say it, so I just need to nail it once. You did. Uh, Are you excited to talk some strange and interesting news stories, real life news stories? All these stories are real. So excited! Love Got talking. It. Love news. Love. You're very that are political, so I think we'll get a. I think we'll get a good discussion. Yes. Have an opinion here. on everything. <laughs> awesome. That is. Ex- that's the perfect guest for a podcast. I can just say, "What are your thoughts on getting suffocated by Taco Bell?" Boom. You're into Would it. love it. <laughs> Super into it. All right, guys. Water. You are listening to Water Cooler Talk. Water Cooler Talk is about connecting the world in conversation by taking the strangest, the weirdest, the quirkiest, most bizarre, and most interesting real-life news stories. That's right. All of these news stories have happened in some shape or form in our simulation we call life and opening up a discussion about some of the ideas presented in these articles. If you want to share a strange and interesting local news story yourself or even roast the show for being a dog's 16th favorite podcast, you can email us at watercoolertalkpod at gmail.com. Busy, are you ready for three of the strangest news stories that I had the time to look up in the past two hours? I'm super ready. Awesome. Let's get into story numero one. Guernsey resident halts roadwork with ancient plea. This is from The Guardian. Rosie Henderson, a Guernseyan resident, has activated the ancient Norman rite of Clemire de Huru. Probably saying that wrong. I'll just say that right off the bat. Anyway, she said that to protest against the narrowing of a road in which she claims endangers pedestrians and motorists. By kneeling and calling for help while reciting the Lord's Prayer in Norman French, Rosie raised the clamure that is fully enforceable in Guernsey law, which means the construction work must be stopped until a court decides the case. And for those wondering, Guernsey and also Jersey, where the law is still enforceable, not New Jersey. Uh, this is not the Jersey Shore where someone can do this on the Jersey Shore. It would be New Jersey. <laughs> it would be like a very Jersey United. Shore. Everything is legal thing. in New Jersey. Yeah. But uh, Guernsey and Jersey are among the Channel Islands located between England and France. Uh, so this is the Clumir as follows. This is what good old Rosie had to say. Haro, haro, haro. Alaid, mon prince, ami fat tort. That translates to come to my aid, my prince, for someone does me wrong. The Clumir is an ancient legal law from the 10th century employed by a person who believes they are being wronged by another at the moment and in modern times. Whoever calls the Clemu has 24 hours to register it in court, but whoever it is called against must stop all work immediately unless they wish to face a fine. If the caller has made a claim without a valid reason, they must also pay a penalty. So, Busy, I want to play a game with you. And this is the title of the game. Is this law enforceable, or did I just make it up to have this rhyme be rewardable? Wow. And we're gonna, I'm gonna put in some, like, game music right here, and it's gonna sound super professional. I have a series of laws that may or may not be made up and for each one I want you to guess if it's real or not and explain your thinking behind it. Okay. Ooh. Ah. Ah. So I have four laws. They may be real. They may be fake. Because when I first read this story, I thought this was a fake law. I did some research. Totally true. Ruined my day. <laughs> All right. This is law number one. In Tennessee, it is illegal to share your Netflix password. Illegal? Illegal. Yeah. True or false? Tennessee. Wait, hold on. And for listeners at home, you guys can also play along as well. (laughs) Just throwing that out there if you guys didn't realize that. All right, Busy. True or false? Tennessee is against the law to share your Netflix password. I think that that is false. I think that Tennesseans are very interested in their personal freedom and they would never allow that to be illegal. Is that your final answer? Yes. 
Ooh, if this was Who Wants to Be a Millionaire, you'd be out right away. Tennessee law states things like cable television, accommodations in hotels and restaurants, admission to exhibits, and entertainment subscription services may not be shared with others. Fascinating. I, don't, I think it's, and I think most of these laws are laws that have just been in there for so long. I mean, I guess that law is more updated. Yeah, I mean, it, didn't it say entertainment subscription? subscription. Yeah, so it had to be new. in the last 10 to 15 years. But I also think it's one of those laws, like I know in Minnesota, there's a law where you can't cross state lines with a duck on your head. I just think people just are like, whatever, no one's going to enforce <laughs> that. How are they going to know I have your Netflix password? Exactly. That's what I was thinking of. Like, that just sounds so like some nice blackmail if I'm like I got it dumped and I still have my ex-boyfriend's <laughs> password and you're in Tennessee like, excuse me yeah uh, if you ever sheriff. break up with your boyfriend you're gonna be like let's move to Tennessee before we break up and exactly. then Super maybe worth it. share your Netflix password <laughs> with me <laughs> alright so 0 for 1 you kind of get how the game works now it, it, was, it was practice anything's yeah. on the table right now okay this is it's all law open. number 2 in France, it is against the law to bring your horse onto a train while the train is full. That seems very logical. Why? Because it's full. You can't bring that horse on there if you're trying to squeeze on. Like, if that happened in, like, New York subway, people would just, like, throw your horse off. That's true. So I think that, obviously, it's from a different time. I mean, who's walking with around with, like, a horse anymore, <laughs> what, clearly. How long do you think trains have been in existence? Well, since, like, the 1800s. I guess, like, people yeah, used horses okay, when true. trains came about that's because true. not like everyone the Wild West even had access to a train. The US. Yeah. Okay. So sense. I think that, that that is real and it seems very logical to me. Is that your final answer? Yes. Poet. Oh, 0 for 2. Seriously? I made that up. I combined, like, three different laws from across the world, but none of them. It is legal in France. For all my French listeners, bring a horse on the train. Okay, I like to I just want to say that I think if I went to France right now and brought a horse with me and got on the train I think somebody would try to stop me <laughs> like some sort of law enforcement would be called if I it Possibly. was a full train okay, and I I'll had a horse. Uh, maybe I'll give you half a point for that okay I'll give you half a point yeah I would like to plea for that point five yeah if you get the next two right you win a free car so Ooh. you saw the car it's right over there you see it beautiful it's car. here just everyone listening at home is there is a, a car here I'm not making it up uh yeah it's a nice Tesla so beautiful you have to go over to all right this is the second third question to own a rabbit in Australia, you have to prove you're a magician or potentially pay a penalty up to $30,000. That has to be fake. True or do you think it's fake? Yeah, you there's think it's no so way ridiculous to that... own a rabbit. Australians do whatever the fuck they want, as far as I know. Is that your final answer? They just like, they're wild. And, that, that's fake. Final, final answer. It is true. What? From the Queensland government, due to the particularly swift and extensive breeding habits as well as their love of digging burrows and eating grass, it is estimated that rabbits cost between $600 million to $1 billion annually in severe land and soil erosion. The land damage also threatens Australia's native wildlife as well as our farmers' livelihood. Rabbits have actually become sort of a bartering tool for criminal <laughs> transactions because there's a growing black market for rabbits in Australia. <laughs> Yeah. My jaw is on the floor. What? Yes. Wow. There was Can like a, there's the, a few st the number of what did it say it costs in up to $30,000. In Oh, it's 600 their... million to 1 billion dollars annually in severe land and soil erosion. Wow. Yeah. Once you like really think about it, it makes sense cuz yeah. rabbits breed so quickly. They, do. they eat a bunch. Like I don't right. know if you ever seen that movie Zootopia. Yes. But like in the sign for the rabbit land, it like goes up exponentially. Mm -hmm. So it makes sense. Yeah. And I was reading a few stories and there's people that live literally have moved to Australia and they have to give away their rabbits because they don't realize this wow. is a fact. I thought it was pretty interesting that they trade rabbits for like black market guns and drugs and so, okay, but the magician part is true? Yeah, you have to be a magician to own a rabbit. That seems a little... I don't like that. Like, what qualifies as a magician? Like, I do some coin magic, well, I yeah, show that's up, the thing. and it's they're like, like when here's they bring a rabbit. You in, it's like, do some magic for us. Yeah, what, you just get, like, a free show when you go? <laughs> Maybe that's the only reason it's a law, just because these Australian council members just love magic so much. <laughs> Busy, you're not doing so well. I'm really doing You have poorly. half a point. Let's get to the last, last law. In New Mexico, idiots may not vote. True or false? 
I want this to be true. <laughs> but that's too subjective. There's no way that that's like the actual wording of the law. Like maybe they have something in place, but I I just want to believe that this country is founded on things more logical, more objective and less subjective than that. So I'm going to go that that is not true locking it in. I think I'm gonna... Wow. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> in the Constitution of the state of Mexico, it states, Every citizen of the United States who is over the age of 21 years and has resided in New Mexico 12 months, on the county 90 days, and in the precinct in which he offers to vote 30 days, next preceding the election, except idiots, insane persons, and persons cons... <laughs> and persons convicted of a felonous or infamous crime unless restored to political rights shall be qualified to vote at all elections for public officials. So, that yep. is dumb, classist as fuck. <laughs> like, for real. Just another how way do you, of, like, Yeah, how do you define an idiot? How do you exactly. define if you're an idiot? Because who's in power? Rich white males. They're just gonna go around saying whoever they want is an idiot? Like, no. And also, the felon part is stupid. So that whole law is stupid. <laughs> whoever wrote that's an idiot. That made me mad. Uh, the state of New Mexico. I'm f like, I'm not. I'm not going after you. It's busy. That's going after you. So if you guys want to uh, send her bad, yeah, black come find male, me. Horrible mail. That's her. But yeah, it didn't do well. So we're gonna have to give the Tesla away to one of our <laughs> listeners. Sad. I don't know how they can win this Tesla, but if you guys want to come to my house and pick it up, it's here for you. You gonna give out your address on the podcast? Yeah. Yeah. I'll... It's out there. All right. Sweet. Cool. There's some interference. Maybe I don't know. Crazy <laughs> things happen. But to end Rosie's story about the. She was refused by the courts on grounds that she does not own the land in question. That's how that story ends. It that. kind of ended depressingly because Rosie didn't get what she wanted. And I you also don't think she should have. Did not get any of those yeah. right. Besides that. Rip half. me. Rip Rosie. Our lives. She's sad. Girl, hit me up. Let's but I mean, it. that's it's kind of interesting that those kind of laws still exist. I have a couple thoughts about the story. Go for it. Before we are done. First of all, this is some whack ass white woman privilege shit. Like she came out here trying to. <laughs> be like i don't want this road to be built let me summon an ancient like no, mm, you she don't get pulled to out do some that. game of thrones shit no, you don't get to do like no and also a part the feminist in me is having like a real issue with this like damsel in distress must call on this ancient male god whoa, 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 whoa. let me let me throw this let me throw this into the mix okay. what if rosie one of her kids got injured by somebody driving on a narrow road i feel like that would have been included in the story well sometimes i just make up facts in these stories i don't know <laughs> I always say I make up things and it just ruins my credibility. Everything I say is true. But yeah, no, she. There was no mention of any of her children getting hurt. I just want to throw that in there. Either but what way, if it seems like a first world problem. But if there was some real thing involved, like I just like, why can you not just go to the city council or something and be like, hey, yo, well, first of all, that seems like a situation where she could sue somebody if it's like the state, city, whatever. I have building. no idea how Guernsey laws <laughs> work. You know, like so there are other ways to go about justice. But good for you for trying. So here's my thought: the law shouldn't be in place anymore right mm -hmm. because that same equity I don't think would be applied to like all religions for example if you think about it like there are marginalized religions that like don't have laws written into the constitution you know because they're not historical or whatever um, so it's not fair but it is and so kind of good for her for like knowing that that's a th I like I would be curious to know if the Guernsey residents all well, like, I are think it's with it. just maybe Europe in general is very old-fashioned mm -hmm. like the UK still has a queen I mean she doesn't have any power and I say that with quotation marks because she can still wreak havoc on people but I think there's the kind of public image they want people to see that they're very old and worldly and very established in culture so I think and I have no idea if this is right but I think people in Europe are more taught about things in their own culture and their own history more than we are in the US now that I'm thinking about the US is what just over 200 years old almost 300 years old places in Europe are thousands of years old this, this law goes back to the 10th century that's over a thousand years. So I definitely think there's more history and they're more proud of that history. They try to hold on to it. So I think this was like something that was like, hey, you know, I've heard in history that you can kneel and recite this prayer and get people to stop doing shit. Like, did someone have to witness her doing it? I assume so. She, like, <laughs> She's just in the middle She's of like, the night. Going just... on Instagram live. Prince, Prince, come get me. <laughs> 
Uh, but I, I know I just thought it was an interesting story about just laws. There's a lot of weird laws. There's a lot of old laws. And I don't know. And this might not even be really. It just makes me sad that like we could have that history if we had just like respected the Native Americans traditions yeah. probably. Mm-hmm. We could have cool stuff like that too. Yeah, I'm a huge history buff. And that's always the thing I'm not disappointed about, but disappointed about is like just the lack of history in the U.S. And we destroyed, I mean, so much Native American history. So there's not even enough to really say hey like we know so much about rome because there's records and stuff of that nature but with the native americans we just kind of threw it in the fire all right busy any final closing words on rosie and her clamor de hero i hope she gets what she wants in life seems very eventually, driven eventually i think i think she'll find a nice man so she'll settle down well she doesn't she doesn't need that you know she can that's true have that's a true. good she life can be without having a man always keep my mind open Will Busy, you are a social advocate, proud millennial, and optimistic existentialist. You can find many of her hilarious tweets. You literally said your Twitter is hilarious. I think it is. Busy Steph, B-I-Z-Z-Y-S-T-E-P-H. Existentialism. What are you about about it? Explain it. I am really interested in the existential principles, some of their main like philosophical ideas. Existentialism is an area of a specific type of philosophy. They're particularly interested in authenticity and freedom and those are things that I value a lot and I think it kind of guides the way I think I, I learned about it in high school and ever since then I've thought about it a lot it's just questioning existence and um, what does it really mean for us to like be here and so I'm interested in it what would you say to someone who is on the fence question everything and I think it's not like something I'm not into like trying to recruit people, people you know? yeah. make a so cult out of it yeah. it's just a way that I feel like guides my thinking and like am I, I'm able to like read books like The Stranger and then I can like be like oh yeah other people are thinking this way I'm thinking I want to ask you this question what is your favorite piece of furniture that you own I live in a dorm, so I don't own a lot of furniture, but I have a bookshelf that I like because it holds my books. Favorite book? The Red Tent. It's give me a good. Give me a quick synopsis of the book. I'm an English major, so this okay. is like- the, Yeah, this is just turning into a book club podcast. Honestly, I'd be into that. That would be actually pretty interesting. All yeah. right, we're stopping or we're restarting. <laughs> Um, it is a historical fiction reimagination of what it would be like to be a woman in biblical times. Like I mentioned earlier, I grew up Catholic and so, you know, you read a lot of Bible stories, but what you don't hear about a lot is women's lives during that time. So whether or not you believe the Bible actually happened, it's just an interesting look at the characters in the Bible. And so you look at like Jacob and his 12 sons, but you don't really know like what were their wives' lives like. And so this is like fictional exploration into the characters and the names we hear and like maybe what was it like to be on your period? What was it like to do childbirth? What was it like to be married? Things like that. It's called the red tent because when you're menstruating or when you're giving birth, you Got are it. sent to the tent to stay until you are not contaminated <laughs> anymore and then you could rejoin civilization. Okay. That's, That's super interesting. Good. Yeah, because like I said, I'm a huge history buff. And the one thing with history is it's very much you're taught the males of history. You're not taught the women of history. There's a few women scattered here and there, uh, but it's a male-dominated history. So it's interesting to kind of get that kind of viewpoint of what it was like to be a woman during these times because no one talks about it. Absolutely. And it's sad that it has to be fictional too, that we like don't, no one like valued those voices enough that like we don't actually have like what it was like. Well, speaking of history, Hitler was a part of history. Heard of him? (laughs) People often say my transitions are A plus, baby. (laughs) Do they? (laughs) Yes. Missouri Republican who said Hitler was right wins state house primary. This is from the Jerusalem Post. Steve West, a Missouri Republican, defeated three other candidates during primaries in a bid for a seat representing Clay County in Missouri's House of Representatives by nearly 25 points, winning the bid with 49.5% of the vote over the three other candidates. The only problem? West has been known to frequently make anti-Semitic and other bigoted statements during radio shows, speeches, and even his own YouTube channel. And the YouTube channel is actually his own radio station in which he dons a wig and fake beard, calling himself Jack Justice, uh, while unleashing an array of bigotry include homophobia, anti-Semitism, Islamophobia, and outright racist statements, including promoting conspiracies about Jewish cabals that are harvesting baby parts through Planned Parenthood, torturing and molesting children, and running the party that he is actually a part of, the Republican Party. 
And just to make it clear for those who may not be aware with U.S. politics, West won the Missouri's primary to be on the ticket, but he didn't actually win the election to become a seat in the Missouri House of Representatives. That's later in November when we have midterms, and he will be running against incumbent John Carpenter for the upcoming open seat in the House. Just want to make that clear so people are like, oh, this guy who loves Nazis is in the House. No, he's just on the ticket as the Republican candidate. But we do have some racists in the current government. So that's true. Not that yeah, so it's I do have I do have a few other people that just so people realize this is not a one-off event. Stuff mm-hmm. like this happens all the time. Arthur Jones from Illinois, he's a Republican candidate for the third congressional district, is actually a former leader of the American Nazi Party and has denied the Holocaust. You have Russell Walker of North Carolina, a Republican candidate who's running for state house district 48, believes God is a racist and a white supremacist. John Fitzgerald from California, he's a Republican candidate for the 11th district sent out robocalls claiming Jews must be stopped. And Steve King, who's actually the incumbent for the 4th congressional district in Iowa, received praise from David Duke and Richard Spencer. So this is not a one-off thing. This happens a lot. And the biggest thing I wanted to talk about is people have no idea. There's literally two days after the victory, the Missouri Republican Party issued a statement. Steve West's shocking and vile comments do not reflect the position of the Missouri Republican Party or indeed any decent individual. West's rhetoric has absolutely no place in the Missouri Republican Party or anywhere. We wholeheartedly condemn his comments. The thing I'm questioning is this guy, I typed in his name in Google, the first thing that popped up was his racist YouTube channel. How hard is it to do the proper research on a potential candidate? That's something I'm always just blown back by is people don't actually study or look up who they're voting for. They're just voting for a party rather than the person in that party. It is important to point out that it's not a one-off. In my research, I found that there are nine Republican candidates that are running like mm-hmm. as openly as Nazis or white nationalists, but they all say that they're long-term goal is to make their racist views mainstream. And they see the Republican Party as the best venue for them to do that. The party's statement came out, I think, too late. And Yeah, there's a reason I put down two days later for yeah, their reason. Absolutely. And so I don't even know, like, necessarily if the people who voted Republican, like, I'd be, you know, what you're saying, like, as far as not researching candidates is, I think, a huge problem because we just check the box on whatever side of the ballot we're looking at. But also, like, I wouldn't be shocked to see see if a lot of them voted for him anyways if they had done the research. Well, if you guys are wondering kind of a few of West's statements that he made that will probably blow you away, in January of 2016, West made this claim on KCXL Radio. Looking back in history, unfortunately, Hitler was right about what was taking place in Germany and who was behind it, and he was referencing to the Jewish population being the reason behind Germany's bad economy during the 1930s, which was kind of why or how Hitler rose to power. So he thinks that's totally the Jewish population's fault. Uh, when asked about those comments, West said that he'd been taken out. They had been taken out of context, and that he was not running as a radio show host, but as a state representative. But then <laughs> he continued to pass criticism on both Judaism and Islam by saying, "Jewish people can be beautiful people, but their ideologies associated with that I don't agree with. Jews today are a remnant of the tribe of Judah that rejected Christ." I want to go to the point about him saying he's not running as a radio show host. As a podcast host, I kind of understand it. You're a radio personality for a reason. Sorry, I just spit so much. That's so embarrassing. <laughs> He's passionate. <laughs> You're a radio personality for a reason. You're not your true self. But there's a line. There's a line when you start crossing that line. It's not because you're a personality on the radio or on a podcast. It's because you actually believe those things. And I very much believe... Steve West is at that point where this is actually who he is. You, you can't hide behind the fact that you're a radio personality. If you look at his like YouTube channel, everything on there is racist and bigotory. And maybe if it was like a one-off bit where he was doing it, you could kind of hide behind it. It would still be wrong. But when it's every single thing, you can't hide behind the fact that you're a radio personality. Exactly. Just the sheer volume of content. I think that that shows more of like a deep-seated actual opinion. Yeah, I, don't, that you, I don't think he can get off that easy. That you actually believe these things and it's not just hey 
just joking. And especially when you broadcast it to the world too, especially with social media these days, everyone's going to know what you're doing. I guess you just have to be very careful with what you say if you are going to be a radio personality or a podcast host or stuff of that nature. Like for this podcast, this is the honest me. This is who I want people when they think of Adam Schultz, this is who I want them to think of. Someone who's very open, who's open to all ideas, who makes mistakes and is willing to learn from those mistakes. But I don't think West is a person who thinks that way. I think he really is using his platform to spew his hate rather than spew a conversation. I think that if you put work out into the world like that, you have to be willing to take responsibility for your actions to be like, yeah, I did say these things. So like, don't lie about it. And recently with like the Me Too movement, um, James Gunn's recent firing from the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. I don't actually, let's take away the Me Too movement because it won't make sense. But people have done stupid things in their past. And that's the reason I want to take it away from the Me Too movement because if I think if you harass someone and do stuff that you're still, you can change, but that's still something bad you did in your life. But like a James Gunn or someone who tweets, a lot of like baseball players are getting caught up in tweets they had as high school players. And I very much believe that who you were back then can change in those situations because I've probably, I didn't grow up with Twitter, but I probably said so many stupid things that I would have probably put on Twitter. And then 10 years, 15 years down the line, I would have been like, wow, that was not that was who I was in the moment that's why that's what I thought was right but now obviously I know that's wrong yeah it's you have to be very careful with social media because it's a timeline of everything in your life it's kind of hard because we're living in this age of like this like call out culture that exists where we're interested in just like dragging people into the spotlight and being like you did this one shitty thing bye canceled forever but where's there room for like education and that but there's a difference between like making a mistake and saying something dumb or offensive and like and recognizing over and it over and over again owning up to and apologizing and then like peddling racist ideology like consistently to like he's on YouTube like everyone can see yeah I, d- I think that he should own up to what he's saying but also there's place for it like I think that you were mentioning all these people you know David Duke Richard Spencer they have also shown their support for our current sitting president mm-hmm. so it's not like there's like no people out there like this you know he's one of like nine running right now I think that the Republican Party is kind of political parties in general I think are having an identity crisis a lot of people are thinking that the left is moving too far left the right is moving too far right I don't know I'm starting to operate under the idea that I I think that the Republican Party used to be uh, mainstream with like a radical fringe and I think it's now becoming like a radical mainstream with like a moderate fringe that's very interesting do you think that it's just the Republican Party doing that or do you see the Democratic Party doing that as well I think that both parties are moving but I don't know that I disagree with like the farthest left views like I think everyone should have health care and if that's like the most radical left it gets and the radical right is like kill an entire race of people (laughs) I don't think that that can be equated do you think people have an opportunity to change so let's take Arthur Jones former leader of the American Nazi party do you think through whatever it may be he could be a good candidate because the way I think about it is if we throw people in jail because we want to reform and this is not how jails work in the United States but the idea is we want to reform them to be better people why can't that be the same with Nazis why can't that be the same with racists bigots stuff of that nature why can't we teach them how to be a better person and then it becomes something that going back to those tweets just something that they did in their past that wasn't who they are now do you think that's even possible I don't know that it should have to be a retroactive thing like you learn in school that that Nazis are bad That's for you true. to adopt the like racist or Nazi ideology like you have to go so far to being like I agree with this thing that literally everyone in class is demonizing and so I think by like choosing that and already committing to it you've like shown who you are as a person to the point where like, I don't know if like once you've chosen it I don't know if that's like worth it to then go back and try to educate someone out of that I think that they were already educated out of that to begin with I mean I definitely get the part about you saying like we know Nazis are bad like I saw something the other day where if you forgot all the history about the Nazis and they were just in a movie, they would obviously be the villains. They had freaking skulls on and shit mm-hmm. on their uniforms. They did horrible experiments to people. So they would always be the villain in a movie. So yeah, if you kind of agree with what they're saying, that kind of means you're also a villain as well. I think the information already exists to decide that if you're going to follow that, for whether it's like shock value because you want attention, whatever, or it's like, like you really truly believe that, I think that the information exists to know that 
that that's evil and to know that that's wrong. So I don't know that it's like worth trying to educate those people out of it. I also know for a fact that our prison systems are not equipped for it. <laughs> no, no, no. And I mean, I'll say it, I think people like the Arthur Joneses in the world are lost causes. I think no matter what you say to those people, you're not going to change their way of thinking. I think that's just been so ingrained in them for their whole entire life. It's something they connected with. It's something that they found a community with that they feel like they belong with. Because I think the whole thing about life is trying to find where you belong. And people like that have found where they belong. And it's obviously not the best place to belong to. But I think people like him are lost causes. I don't think you could reform someone like him. I would love for someone to prove me wrong. I would love for a white leader of the American Nazi party to become a stand-up citizen who runs for president later in life because he's an awesome person. Prove me wrong. That's what I want. But from everything I know from history, from present day, I just see those kind of people as a lost cause. Not even worth the time. I think there's people that are on the cusp of thinking maybe I would belong in that community that we would we should probably spend our time at. You heard it here first, Mr. West, Adam Schultz's <laughs> challenging you to be the democratic I'm nominee for I'm president to 2020 a fight democratic socialist in the streets <laughs> uh, but i like how you brought up the republican party earlier the thing is most people don't realize is that a party cannot necessarily choose a candidate um, you run on a ticket and you run for a party but obviously when you get to a certain point like the republicans are going to say hey we're, you're not running for president it's interesting that the republican party first off took two days to respond they didn't vet this candidate at at all. I'm pretty sure it was maybe a thing. They maybe just thought this guy wasn't going to win and they're like, why should we waste resources on him? But I think there's that there's enough like political power to ensure someone like this doesn't get elected, doesn't win his primary, doesn't tarnish the name of the Republican Party. Because now you, even the Republican Party is like, he does not represent us. Guess what? Come November, he's the Republican candidate. Yeah, well, who voted for him then? Your constituents. like, And that's almost 50% yeah. of the constituents voted for him. Right. Of the GOP voted for him. That's insane. I just want to know, like, what happened <laughs> at the Republican headquarters for two fucking days? What were you doing to say Nazis are bad? It's well, not here, that well, hard. Well, here's the thing. I don't know if you have watched The Wire. I, so I'm into The Wire right now. Okay. And I'm super into it. <laughs> but anyways, there's this situation in season three. And if you guys are watching The Wire, want to watch it, haven't watched it, spoilers ahead. Spoilers ahead. Do you have a spoiler song? Spoilers ahead, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, season three, there's this idea that the mayor wants to cut down on crime. So he tells all of his district officers, you need to cut down on crime. One of these officers has an idea. He's going to take all the drug dealers from different corners and move them into an abandoned places and kind of create a safe haven for drug selling. So there's like three different sections in his precinct that is safe for drugs. People can sell drugs, people can buy drugs, no criminal things in those areas except like murder and stuff of that nature. Crime goes down 14% in his district. People are, and this is West Baltimore where drugs and crime is crazy, but like at the community meetings, people were talking about like, oh, your dog was too loud or oh, your barbecue was smoking too long. They weren't talking about drug dealers on their corners. And what happens was this all got up to the mayor and the mayor actually sat down for like two, three days to really talk about, is this a good idea? This is where this is leading to. Busy. Do you think this is a conspiracy to make sure the Democratic incumbent wins? No. No, you think this Absolutely is actually not. true fact? I You don't believe... think the Republicans are throwing this seat because they might be able to get something out of Carpenter? I believe that there are good people in the world who would not <laughs> prop up a Nazi that could ca that causes like pain. I could imagine like as a Jewish person yeah. um, or someone who like feels connected to like genocide in general, I could imagine that like seeing if you live there or just you live in America, like that seeing that person succeed even just in the primary, that's hurtful. I believe that people would not prop up that sort of an agenda to try to get some political gain. But I've seen House of Cards, people do some crazy shit. So I would like to think no. I want to ask you this on top of that is, do you think a party cares more about having their party, Republican or Democrat, in a seat of power or who the person is? So do you think the Republicans care more about a Republican winning that seat and they don't care if it's freaking West who loves the Nazis. They just want 
to have that seat. Yes, I do. And I think it's partisan because we saw this with a lot of the sexual assault, sexual misconduct allegations. Roy Moore, they kept going. They supported him. Everyone kept him in the race. Al Franken dropped out right away. There is a difference. We've seen a difference. Donald Trump still in the White House. How many accusations does he have? We've seen him admit to it on tape. Like there is a difference between the way that the parties react to people that they know that are running. You know, Al Franken just dropped out. And his, I would argue, like the allegations against Al Franken are not on the similar scale as they were against Roy more, you know, like abusing children and like groping women. I we think. actually covered a story Both because bad. it was so ridiculous. Yeah, but not equal. And so we there definitely is a difference. And I think that we've seen um, the Republican Party is really just trying to have someone who they don't care what they've done or if they're electable or what their morals are, just that they know they're going to peddle an agenda that they'll agree with. And I mean, I even think it goes to both sides, too. I think both houses or both not both houses, both parties care about just having their party name be in that seat, yeah. whatever it may be, because, all right, we have a whole bunch of Democrats or we have a whole bunch of Republicans. We control the House. We control the Senate, whatever. That's what it's all about. It's about the bigger picture rather than that state. The Republicans don't care about Missouri. That's wrong. The Republicans don't care about the district that West is running for in Missouri. They care about Missouri. They care about making that a red state. Yeah. Is Missouri red or blue? I, I would guess red if I had to. Okay. Yeah, that's I mean, you even look at like the difference between like the election that's happening in Texas right now, Beto O'Rourke versus Ted Cruz. I did some research into like what Ted Cruz is running on. Like no one cares about Ted Cruz's policies. If you go to a Ted Cruz rally in Texas, the kind of questions he gets asked are like, when will Hillary Clinton be arrested? It's like things, they're asking him things about Donald Trump. They're asking him things about the mainstream party. It's so much more about this tribalism surrounding the Republican ideas. Whereas like Beto O'Rourke is running a campaign. He's talked to so many people. He's had so many rallies. He's filling stadiums. And I think there's just this different idea of um, Republicans feeling like they have to hold on to their seats and like rally around these like crazy ideas about like arresting people that they're running against as opposed to like real grassroots organizing. Well, I honestly think they're still on that and I'm very moderate in my beliefs. I go for whoever I think would be the right choice in that position. So I don't lean left. I don't lean right. I lean right down the middle. But I think Republicans are still on that because they saw how successful it was for Trump. Trump is literally the president of the the United States because he did exactly that. And they're like, that worked. People loved it. People who haven't voted in years came out to vote because they agreed with it. We're going to keep doing it. We're going to beat that dead horse until there's nothing left. So I think that's why a lot of Republicans still run that kind of campaign because it works. And from a marketing standpoint, why wouldn't you? Which I think just relates to like my original point that like what used to be fringe is now mainstream and it's all about this tribalism. They're just rallying. You know, you have like people like Tucker Carlson and Laura Ingram just like peddling straight racism on Fox News. It's like it's literally ridiculous, but it works. It really, it, it really does work. It's marketing and it's... Um, I saw, I just watched something today where Jon Stewart was on Fox News. The guy, I can't remember the guy's name. I'm so bad at remembering these things. But the guy was basically trying to belittle Jon Stewart. And through that, he was like basically comparing Fox News to Comedy Central, where Jon Stewart used to have a show. And it was like, that's that's the reason. You're Why are you trying to compare yourself to a comedy channel that has South Park, that has roast on it? You should be comparing yourself to ABC, NBC, those big players, uh, CNN, CNBC, stuff of that nature. You shouldn't try to go after the lowest person and try to be like, hey, we can beat you up. Like, compete with the big boys. Compete with the big boys. I laugh more at Fox News than I do at Comedy Central, though it's quite funny in my opinion. <laughs> but it was just like, it was just a very no, interesting agree. discussion on yeah. this guy was basically just trying to belittle Jon Stewart for his beliefs and for being a comedian and not in hiding behind being a comedian. When really, it's like, why? Have a conversation. Figure out. John Stewart is obviously making, or he did, and he still does. He makes connections with people. People like John Stewart because he's real. His comedic kind of tones intertwined, and it's something people relate to. Whereas this guy on Fox News is basically saying, you suck, you suck, you suck. I'm better than you. I'm better than you. And that's, I don't get that. I was watching that thing. I was just like, I'm just going to log into my YouTube just to leave a comment. But it's just interesting how both parties have played it. And with that, I want to be like upfront and say I think both parties have played it wrong. I think we've gotten into a very weird place in politics where Pew it's Research like, just did a survey of like ten thousand Americans and they decided that we were the most divided we've ever been. Yeah, and that's and that's crazy. Literally social really media sad. was the thing that was supposed to bring all of us together. 
and now we're I I would equate it to social media as been the thing that's divided us the most. But yeah, it's interesting. I very much think both sides have been playing it wrong. I think people are more focused on power rather than doing the right thing. I could never I, I won't say that, but I could say they are Democrats that would never vote for a Republican. I, let's use the story. There are Republicans that will vote for West just because they don't want to vote blue. And that is the most heartbreaking thing for me. Yeah, That is absolutely ridiculous. I'm so glad that, and I don't want it to equate it just to the older generations, but I see a lot more <coughs> in the younger generations, a lot more in our generation. People are willing to say, I'm a Republican, but Obama had a lot of good ideas. And I think that's important. I think the whole story going back to equates to, I don't know why I'm saying equates a lot. That's like a weird word I've never used before. But when I get political, I say, words I have never said before. <laughs> but anyways, the whole story comes back to you need to educate yourself. I did a quick Google search of West, maybe like five seconds. I found his racist propaganda. So easy. The Republican Party shouldn't have taken two days. They should have known weeks beforehand that this guy was a whole bad situation. But it comes down to educating yourself. It's not that hard to look up a few facts, especially with social media, especially with all these. Most candidates are on social media. You can find out so much about someone and and it takes less than five minutes and people aren't willing to do it. And it just makes my freaking blood boil. It's it's hard. It's it's a hard time. But let us take this time to be optimistic and say wherever you live in the world, please just get involved in politics like local, national, whatever that means, especially if you live in the United States. Yeah, we just had our primaries. It's such an important year for the midterms, um, which is I know is a thing that like a lot of young people and a lot of people in general don't show up for. But at least here in Minnesota, we set a bunch of records for yeah, our primaries. Yeah, I saw that. That was really cool. Um, which is awesome. So hopefully that energy continues. But like wherever you are and particularly in the United States, like please just get involved. Like Adam just said, like it's so easy to learn about the candidates. And, and it's so easy to people, I think, equate it. <laughs> just going to keep using that one. Equate it to it's so difficult to vote. But voting has become such an easy process. It's literally, you just, where do I vote? Go there, yeah. vote. It's such an easy thing. Yeah. It's like sign in, do some things, vote. You get a sticker. You can Follow show me on it. Instagram yeah, at Busy Steph. Busy the Steph. link is in my there bio. You go. Minnesota has some of the that. best voter registration laws. They do. The That's country, what I so. like about Minnesota. Yeah. And our primaries were the 14th earlier we talked about that last episode I told people to go vote or I'm gonna unfollow them on Twitter yes. but I don't follow them on Twitter <laughs> even ways I had a cool little uh, PSA I said don't be like this coat go out and vote. Ha, ha, ha. All about the rhymes. The one thing I'm always pissed off on is people get mad on the outcomes. If this guy gets elected, people are going to be pissed off. But guess what? It's your fault. Yep. And I use this a lot in my environmental business is, yes, you're only one person. Your vote doesn't matter. That's the truth. But there's thousands, hundreds of thousands of people that think the same way you think. And when it becomes that big of a number, your vote does matter. Just because it's not a presidential election doesn't mean it doesn't matter. I, I would equate why. I, I I don't know. I don't know, Busy, where this is coming from. I'm getting too political on this, baby. But I would say the midterms are often more important than the presidential election. Yeah. So no this November, if you're from the United States, register to vote. Follow Busy on Instagram at, at BusySteph and uh, find out where to vote. Find out how to vote and definitely vote. It's super simple and I'll love you forever. Any any final words on good old Steve West? thinking Hitler Fuck was you, right. Steve West. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. Yeah, Steve West, if you want to tweet busy, tweet her at, at busy stuff Please as do. well. Love and you guys can tweet us at water cooler. Nope, that's not a Twitter. That's <laughs> not a I don't use Twitter enough to really like remember. It's WCT underscore podcast on Twitter. So you guys can also tweet us on that and follow us on there as well. So all right, let's get into our last story of the day. Senate adopts resolution declaring the press is not the enemy of the people. This is from CBC News. A resolution introduced by Democratic Senator Brian Schatz of Hawaii unanimously passed through the U.S. Senate affirming that the press is not the enemy of the people. The resolution reads as follows. Resolved that the Senate affirms that the press is not the enemy of the people, reaffirms the vital and indispensable role that the free press serves to inform the electorate, uncovering the truth, 
act as a check on the inherent power of the government, further national discourse and debate, and otherwise advance the most basic and cherished democratic norms and freedoms of the United States. And it goes on a little more. You guys can read the rest of it in the comments or in the description down below. I will link that to you. But as many in the U.S. already know, President Trump uh, <laughs> has repeatedly declared that fake news media is the enemy of the people and will often rip into the media through his Twitter. Uh, we're talking about social media. He loves his Twitter, which he says is unfair in its coverage of him. The only thing Donald Trump and I have in, com in common, we love, we love Twitter. Twitter. That's uh, And I just want to make it very clear for those unaware, a resolution by Congress doesn't mean jack shit. Yeah. It's basically, I always equate it to that scene in The Office where Michael declares bankruptcy. I declare bankruptcy. Yeah. So this resolution doesn't mean anything. It's basically Congress's way of saying, hey, the midterms are coming up. This looks good, right? So it, do it doesn't mean jack shit. This is more of a PR move by the senators. <laughs> but it is good that this is coming in discussion, I think is the biggest thing. It just strikes so similar to like mid 20th century fascist, like, you know, Soviet Union, like repeat a lie until it becomes truth. This whole like fake news, fake news, CNN sucks, like pulling out people that have called him out and all these things and saying why he doesn't like them and then garnering support from his like radical base. It just seems to me so like just propaganda. And it's honestly really scary. Like actually, I think that we don't really realize the effects that this can have nationally and globally. Like just, I think last week, Cambodia launched some attacks on the press using the language of fake news. And so like countries that aren't as enveloped in like free speech as we are, I think can adopt this like really terrible rhetoric that Trump is using to even peddle like their own things that are just historically un-American. And I'm not someone who's like out here waving the flag being like, yes, America. But this is literally like, I just think it's un-American. So we've come to the point where we have a 24-hour news cycle. Mm -hmm. News is always on. There always needs to be something that we talk about. And the crazy thing is, we are literally in one of the most peaceful times in all of history. But you wouldn't know that from the news. Literally, shock value is the name of the game. It's how can I get people to watch my news station over the news station a county over. It's by saying all these just shocking things to get people to listen. Clickbait is the number one thing in the online community that people, I don't even... You can't blame just the news. You also have to blame the consumer for clicking on clickbait titles. I have a pod. I'll be super upfront with this. I have a podcast based on clickbait news stories. I get people to listen to my podcast because I can say a guy who thought Hitler was right is now potentially going to be elected in Missouri. And people come to listen because of that. The thing is, you also have to realize that this show is about the discussion. I only care about this. We talk about the news story for maybe the first minute or two and then we go into the discussion about what the ideas of that news story brought forth and it's easier to talk about those issues if i just came on today and said hey we're going to talk about depression we're going to talk about politics people would turn it off right away like i talked to you in the car my first news story is always much lighter or else people are just going to turn off the podcast they're not going to get to this important stuff that needs to be heard if i can find stories that really mask those topics if i can i have a story about about depression where it was about a guy who robbed a bank with a toy gun. People are interested in hearing about that and then, oh, now they're staying for the talk about depression and realize, hey, we can talk about mental health. The story about the Nazi guy that we just talked about, they're like, hey, that's interesting. Now I'm here. Oh, this is actually a really interesting discussion about people needing to educate themselves or people like this not being a one-off. Things like this happen all the time. Uh, so it's just, there's two sides to that whole press is not the enemy. I think it's the press needs to change and also the consumer. Yeah, I think so. I, I think definitely there's there's blame everywhere, but also we need to kind of just really just look at like it doesn't make sense. We don't know what exactly fake news is. Like, what does that mean? It's just this thing that he says to like decide which and who he wants to like pull out and be like, this person's terrible. And then they just his supporters just go and harass people because he said before, like, not all the press is bad, just the fake news media. Who is the fake news media? You can't yeah. just decide that you don't like someone. And so well, yeah, and if you throw out, if you throw out fake news all the time, yeah, it loses what it means. There's no, what is, yeah, what right. is fake news? Repeat the lie until people believe it. What is that? Oh, I thought you said repeat the lion at first. Lie. Lie, got yeah. it. That makes so much more sense. Yes. I was like, <laughs> I was trying to like figure out what that meant. I was like, oh. 
Okay. Okay. Got it. Then my other thing was like, why, why, why is this happening? And I think there are a couple ways you could look at it. One, there's a saying that goes, when true social justice is achieved or when marginalized groups fight back for equity, those who have power and privilege are going to feel like you're going to feel like equality is oppression because if you've been privileged for so long, like coming down to the equal level of other people is going to feel like oppression to you. And so I wonder if part of this is like Donald Trump, you know, marginalized people are coming at him and saying all these things. And I wonder if part of this could be him just trying to find Oh, people are attacking me. Look at me. I'm oppressed. Poor me. I wonder if another part of it, you know, we have had a lot in the news recently about the Russia collusion. Just recently, Chuck Rosenberg, who is the former FBI chief of staff, said that there is enough evidence to, like, indict Donald Trump with conspiracy to collude with Russia. And so I would wonder if Donald Trump is trying to rally his supporters against news media. So if and when that moves in that direction, we the news media comes out to say Donald Trump should be indicted. He can be like, ah, fake news media, look at them, don't come for me. And so trying to, again, just like peddle this propaganda until people believe that he's not guilty of any of the crimes that he may or may not have committed, his administration may or may not have committed. That's another thing that came to my mind with this when I tried to ask, like, why is he doing this? It's also scary to note Trump's close relationship that we've seen with Vladimir Putin and Russia's history with like murdering journalists um, and things like that and his affinity for Putin and Russia that is kind of unlike anything we've ever seen um, is a little bit scary and again I would say un-American. Well yeah it's if you basically say we don't have an embargo against Russia do we? We have something sanctions against Russia because of what they've done in uh, the Ukraine yes. and as the sitting president of a nation if you have sanctions against another country you probably shouldn't be buddy buddy with that other country's leaders that just says to your people these sanctions are just top level there's nothing really to them. I don't really give a shit. That's that's wrong. The thing I'm always very interested in about Trump is, do you think, and this goes all the way back to what we talked about social media, do you think social media has played a factor in pushing Trump up to what he's become? And I say that because in the 90s, even in the early 2000s, Trump wasn't this who he is now. He was this very successful businessman. We can all agree he was a very successful businessman. He was respected among world leaders. He was invited to the Clintons' wedding, I think, or some. He was like friends with the Clintons. And I think it's come to a point where, and I'm not, I don't want to make it very clear, I'm not supporting Trump. I'm not a fan of Trump. But I think it's come to a point where social media has kind of blown all of this up to a bigger point than it ever could be. Like, could you imagine Watergate with social media? Could you imagine the shit? storm that would have been that is the thing about his entire presidency is that he is committing obstruction of justice live on twitter and because <laughs> we if we had gotten you know like midnight massacre and all these things that happen that we like hear about or like if his like tweets about like robert Mueller were like in a classified manila folder and like anonymously given to the like we would freak out about this it's ridiculous that we are watching him commit crimes like on Twitter. And so because we're used to this as this some like secretive thing that happens overnight and they fire all the people, but Trump's doing it live on Twitter. I can't tell if it's just like something that's happening or if like his administration is really smart enough to try to be like, wait, if we commit all these crimes out in the open, people won't be used to that. Well, that's I think it's like that it's a crime. I think there are a few things in there that are very wrong, but it's just so much that it's like, okay, Trump's just a weirdo on Twitter. Ha ha ha, whatever that may or may not be true. I think it's one of those things where he's just they're just like, if he's going to do this, might as well go full all the way. <laughs> just so when people see something, it's like, do I believe that? Or is that Trump just being Trump? Yeah, social media has definitely played a huge role in like how he got to be who he is now. And a huge role in just like, again, going back to like these white nationalists that are kind of coming out of the woodwork now. And like we've seen on Twitter with like, you know, adopting memes like Pepe the Frog, like social media has given people who have those like, oh, wait, I believe Nazi ideology. I'm kind of ostracized from society they find other nazis on twitter it's given them that opportunity and certainly has given donald trump the platform to like say whatever the fuck he wants i think that there have been a lot of people who like looked into his past and like you said he's friends with the clintons like i don't think he was particularly republican or political at all i think he said something about the republicans if i ever ran as president i wouldn't as a republican exactly because they're stupid or something. right and so like not the exact quote but something of that nature 
sure. Right. And so I feel like social media has just given him this platform to just like say anything. And again, there's just too much for us really to process all of it. Like I know people who wake up every single day. I don't do this because I care about my mental health. I know people who wake up every single day, check the news and check Trump's Twitter feed. That's ridiculous. Like we should not be getting like executive orders about like whether or not transgender people can serve in the military on Twitter. That's just like it's it's changing the way our democracy looks and it's changing the way that we take in news. I will have to disagree with you a bit on that. Mm. I think it's actually a very positive thing. I think Trump overuses it, definitely. But I think to be able to get something like that directly to me, social media is a thing that connects people directly, is actually good. I would rather hear it from the mouth of Trump than Fox News. Because you know Fox News, you know even CNN, CNBC, ABC News, any of those news stations, they have a agenda. He's coming out straight and just saying, this is what I think. It's not going through the filter that is Fox News, and then they're taking bits and pieces from what he says to fit their agenda. I like that, but yes, he definitely uses it too much. I think there's a lot of good senators or just politicians in general. I think Bernie Sanders, I think the reason millennials really connected with Bernie Sanders was because he used social media right. I think Hillary Clinton lost the election because she didn't know how to use social media, and she tried to copy what Bernie was doing and obviously you get chilling like hillary in some place don't remind me that vine just so i think yeah (laughs) i think it's a super good thing but i think you need to be able to use it right i find a good medium i'll qualify like a little like i do agree that like seeing politicians be authentic and like like brian schatz like i follow him on twitter it's senator from hawaii or the guy you were talking about earlier. like i don't know anything about but he's he has a lot of like informational tweets and a lot of things i agree with like i like that guy i knew his face i could picture his twitter avatar in my head when you were talking about him earlier. So like, obviously that's good for us to kind of hear things straight from the mouth and not to like have to read a document about like, what is a bill saying when we can just like get a tweet about it. But when you have people in his administration like Sarah Huckabee Sanders and Paul Ryan who will just come out and lie and defend him to try to make to try to make it seem like he has his shit together like he'll tweet something and then Sarah Huckabee Sanders has to like lie to this country to defend it and so there are real repercussions for like because he doesn't really have as much of an agenda as maybe the people who are like actually running the administration there are real consequences for like the things he's tweeting and saying. I think Trump if he was a Democrat I think he could have ran for any party and he would have kind of conformed to whatever their ideals were I just think the Republican Party was like, yo, take a take a run at it. Whereas the Democratic Party was like, nah. So I think no matter what party he was in, he was going to have the same kind of, or what he's doing now would have been the same, just it would have been more left-leaning. But I think he's actually racist. You think he's actually racist? Yeah. I mean, it's been this way forever. Like, when did he, like, not allow black people to rent from that apartment that That's he had true. in New York? Yeah. Like, he, I don't think anyone was like, okay, Donald Trump, now that you're a Republican, you should go <laughs> say Mexicans are rapists. That's true. Like, okay. I think that he yeah. really does. I agree with those that. ideas. But yeah, no, it's interesting kind of how social media, the press has shaped or does shape people's opinions on politics. It's not even going back to the story. It's not about educating yourself. It's Fox News tells me this. Paul Ryan tells me this in his Twitter. I'm not going to look into it. Yeah, I think you made a good point. It's like people trust these people because they're elected officials. But should you be trusting these people? No. Y- yes. Yes and no. I'll say yes. and no. I'll say yes and no. Yes, you should. If Paul Ryan throws out something, if Brian Schatz throws out something you just be like okay that's interesting now let me look more into it because yeah everyone has their own agenda everyone wants to be right i think that's a very human nature thing it goes all the way back to the evolution of humankind but i think it's important that you take those people you trust them but you don't trust them kind of like you're going out on a date with someone you want to trust this person but you still want to get to know them so you do a little background research on them maybe look up some of their likes on facebook maybe look up what they're posting on instagram maybe what looking at what they're posting on twitter do a little background research and then trust that person once you know who they really are once you know what they say isn't a big fat lie. Absolutely. And you know what that looks like? Voting. Like, I'm not going to come out and just trust someone because they're Democrat. I'm going to say I trust that person because I've met them. I attended an event where like we had a conversation. I read their website. I know what their policies are. I trust them because I agree with them on issues not because I know that person's a Democrat, I trust them, or that person's a Republican, I trust them. And I want to ask you this final question on the press. What do you believe needs to be changed to ensure a fair marketplace for news or an unbiased marketplace? I don't think there's 
such thing like nobody's unbiased you don't think it's possible to have an unbiased no. news source i believe that we are all informed by biases and prejudices that we inherit from being socialized a certain way or the way we grew up or who we are and i think everybody has those kind of what i thought after this question is like a very bipartisan news source something that's both republican democrat independent whatever in between i think that would be important to have someone that can like fact check i definitely agree with you i think everyone has opinions no matter what there can be any unbiased information sharing because who's ever writing that even scientific writings have some bias to them but i think we could somehow meet as close as possible to that with a very bipartisan news source and with that i guess you would need to have both a republican and democrat agree to do this because that's the biggest thing like we're never going to have change if both sides don't agree to do things i talk about that just about every freaking podcast it's like no matter where you are to have true change you need to somehow lower your expectations and listen to what the other person is saying. So I think through social media, I honestly think social media is the future of how we will consume news. I think there will come places that are very, not unbiased, but as unbiased as possible that I hope are bipartisan. I hope that are as open to whatever race, whatever gender, whatever sexuality, whatever anything in between, because I think it's very important that to have a better educated country to have a better country that knows who they're voting for we have a somewhat unbiased source for people to get their information from because social media has kind of made us lazy cars have made us lazy the ease of everything in the world i could order a meal and have it be here in 10 minutes and I don't have to cook tonight. And I think it's important that there's a few things in life that you need to take seriously, like relationships, family, voting is one of them. You can't take voting easily. All that information that you need is not going to come to you. It should. We live in a place where, yes, I can get that meal in 15 minutes. So why can't I get unbiased information about who I'm voting for in 15 minutes? Even less than that. I don't know why that doesn't exist. Maybe I cut all this out and I we invent that, but it should. I feel like they're out there. You know, you have things like Snopes or like PolitiFact or organizations that are fact-checking and that are um, making sure that the truth is out there. But it's also hard because you have people, you know, Kellyanne Conway says alternative facts. When you, I think that people are just operating under different versions of what they think is the truth, which is difficult. Like we have this notion of like the liberal media, which is kind of a myth that actually if you look into like the history of like this idea that like the media is skewed left, it stems from around the time when this like original civil rights movement was up and coming and general the general populist decided that like maybe we shouldn't be racist and then like you know it's around Jim Crow time when people started to be more progressive like the general population did and there were conservative people who wanted to hang on to traditional views of white supremacy who then felt like because the majority of people were like moving in this progressive direction of racial equity that they were feeling like oh everyone's just biased to this other side when like that's the truth is that you know humans are created equal, whites aren't better than anyone else. And so we have people like peddling these myths of fake news and like liberal media and all these things to the point where like, okay, I'm going to say it again. If Donald Trump's keeps repeating the lie, people are just going to believe him and then believe whatever they want. And so I agree with you that I think it has to it has to come. So like, I do think that there there are those sources out there and there are good news sources, but it just takes someone to like sit down and actually read that information because we like clickbait and we like things that are exciting. We don't like someone sitting down and saying, let's examine both sides and be logical and boring about it. So it's going to take a commitment from regular citizens like us who are like really looking for for the actual truth and looking to be about their morals and about what they believe first rather than political party. Yeah, I definitely believe there are those sources out there. It's just harder to find for yeah. them, like the normal citizen who only votes every four years. Right. I think the whole thing is just interesting. I think there needs to be a lot of change. I think there needs, like I said, I think there needs to be changes from both sides. And man, it's just some of these stories really just get me into a discussion because I think it's important to have these discussions. And I just want to make this very clear about the podcast. I don't I'm not here to trick any of the, the listeners. I'm here to cover a topic that is very taboo in the world, but cover it in an interesting way that people would be interested in talking about it. Like politics, for example, people are going to talk about that Nazi story. They're going to talk about this story. And many people, if I just put, hey, we're talking about politics on this episode, they're not going to listen because they don't want to 
hear politics in their daily life. But if you can kind of, and I think I used the wrong word, I want to apologize for that. I used trick. And that's not at all anything of what I mean to do with this podcast. It's more about trying to find interesting ways to talk about taboo topics so they're not as taboo. I, I think the whole going back to the media thing, I think the media can be incredibly beneficial. And I can also think it could be incredibly hurtful. And I guarantee there will be people that take what we say out of context and use it against us. And you know, at the end of the day, I know what I say. You know what you say, and I'm fine with what I say. Like I said at the very beginning, it's like this podcast is a very honest representation of who I am. And as a media source, I just want to say at the end of the day, how do I say this without sounding horrible about it? Listen to what I say, but also don't take everything I say to heart. I'm as flawed as any one of my listeners. I'm not perfect. I do a ton of research for each story just because I don't know everything about it. I want to be informed, but that doesn't mean I'm right. So listen to what I have to say, but also look more into this stuff. You know, I put the story, the links to the stories in the description of the podcast because I want you guys to really, speaking directly to the audience now, I want you guys to really read these stories and understand kind of everything surrounded around them because like i said the media can either be very beneficial or incredibly hurtful and that's where i will leave that busy final words uh do better like just <laughs> us and everyone this is what i'm thinking about you know to take a line from melania trump's new campaign that hasn't done anything hashtag be best you know like we all just need to band together to like decide that we're gonna consume better news and be better people and not vote for nazis <laughs> <laughs> and that's my closing thought. Very true. All right. Well, thanks, Busy, for being on today's episode of Water Cooler Talk. That was Water Cooler Talk. If you guys want to check out what Busy is talking about on Twitter or even check out her modeling career on Instagram, very big into the modeling right now, you can check her uh, handle out. They're both on Twitter and Instagram. Good job getting both. Good marketing ploy. Thank you. At Busy Steph, B-I-Z-Z-Y-S-T-E-P-H. Busy, what was your favorite story of today? I really just enjoy talking about politics and specifically elections and voting so i really like the one about mr west are you gonna subscribe to him on youtube now absolutely <laughs> so i can leave hate mail comments just get don't do that all right guys well thank you for listening to water cooler talk the only such podcast on the internet hosted by myself and guest hosted today by busy where we take the strangest and most interesting real life news stories from around the world and just try to have a good old conversation about some of the ideas discussed in those bizarre news stories and you can listen to the show on spotify google podcast we are now on pocket cast i had no idea what that was but someone told me we needed to be on there so we are on there also through our network on podbean and on our website Website at newwestmedia.co slash talk. And once again, if you'd like to reach out to the show with either a strange local news story or just sent a heartfelt email claiming your undying love for me, <laughs> you can do that at watercoolertalkpod at gmail.com. All right, Busy, it is tradition around here. You're a listener of the show. I always have the guests close out the show. It could be a joke. It could be a cool story. It could be some words of wisdom. You could sing a song if you wanted to. Busy, you are on the hot seat. Uh, can I share a fun fact? Yeah, go for it. Okay, this is something fascinating, kind of terrifying I just learned. In Moscow, there are several dozen dogs who have learned how to use the subway system based on like sights and smells and sounds they like can navigate to get from parts of the city like where they want to go. So they get on at one stop and then they smell something or they hear something and they get off. They like know where they're going. So that's a little scary and maybe dogs will take over one day and be better at running this planet. Hopefully they do. Hopefully they do. <laughs> well, all right. Thanks, Busy, for being on the show. This is one of our third time meeting, so I very much appreciate you being on the show, talking some politics. I had politics, a great time. Having a good time. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to Water Cooler Talk. We will be back hopefully next week. Don't hold me to that. We need to find a guest for that show. But if not, we will be back in three weeks from now. All right. Peace out, mother. This is the story of a podcast that takes weird news from across the world. And while many of these stories may seem fake, they're absolutely not, because they're real. <laughs>